Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do. Like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. It's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss Campbell fighting Dodo Birds and Leaky Black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, Yo. like button like your Brandon Davies. You have consent. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel. Also do that while you're here. Let's get into it. Today we are, as promised, continuing our conference previews for the 2023-24 college basketball season. We've already done the, the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Now we turn our attention to the ACC, where Duke, Miami, North Carolina, and Virginia are projected by most, not all, but most, to finish first, second, third, fourth in the league standings in some order. Deadleg, first question. Last season, uh, uh was merely the seventh best conference in the country, according to Ken Palm. It was behind the other four Power Five leagues, plus the Big East, plus the Mountain West. Is this a yes. bounce back season for the ACC or just more of the mediocre same? First of all, I want the names of the people that aren't picking those four teams to be the top four teams in this league. Get me those names by the end of this show. You said most, not all. Who are these people? How dare they? Secondly, what would you well, I mean, bounce back? What's a bounce a, back? A, a David a bounce Cobb back would be top. one of them. What? David Cobb would be okay. one of them. He has Clemson third. He has Clemson you know cracking what? the top I, three. I, I like that, and we'll get to Clemson in a, in a few here. And that's not unreasonable to have Clemson third, in my opinion. Um, as always, if, if you're listening, we're going to have this preview uh, linked for the uh, .com slash CBS Sports app version. Um, and you can read along and see our our staff-wide projections for the for the conference and then the the conglomerate vote uh, and how that came. But GP and I, as always, are going to give our own individual predictions on the uh, the way this league's going to shake out. What would you define as a bounce back? Seventh in, the, in Ken Palm last season, uh, Miami... You know, Sal was a little bit of that, of course, by making the final four. Who could forget Miami made the final four after all anyway? Um, it was a bounce back fourth or better in Ken Palm. Give me the parameters and then I'll give you my answer. Um, produce a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Finish top four league in the country. That's good enough for me. Okay. Um, I'm going to say no. I'll say it comes just shy of that. Either one, 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 I think one of those two things could happen and will happen, but asking for both 
might be might be a little bit of a stretch there. And that's because I think there's going to be a pretty good league race that develops. Um, but it certainly has to be better than last year. That's one of my five big storylines is the fact that the ACC had such a bad fall off last season. Uh, you know, it didn't have a team. You, you mentioned getting a one seed. The ACC last season didn't have a team seated in the top three. Not a one seed, not a two seed, not a three seed. Miami made it as a five. Virginia was a four and it got knocked promptly knocked out of the tournament, obviously by Furman and just a wacky wild game. Duke was a five and did good in Shire's first season, but it didn't make the second weekend. Pitt and NC state both made it to the tournament. Yes, folks, Pitt made it. And I will remind you Pitt made it and won a couple of games. NC state, if you blink, you might've missed it, but it was there. And then it was, um, you know, uh, dismissed by Creighton in, in short order there, but the league did at least send five to the dance. Uh, but overall, on balance for the entirety of the season, yeah, it was it was a down year for the ACC. Uh, it should almost certainly be better. But that being said, and we'll get to this as we talk about more of these teams, Parish. There, there's a lot of room for a lot of speculation on just which teams are going to improve and how this conference can might might not work itself into a situation where it has you know seven or eight teams in the tournament conversation by the first week of march that was not the case a year ago i'll answer my own question i do agree with you i think the acc will be better better than what it was because it's like you you can't be worse i mean i you, like it would really oh well you can always get worse i know but you like you can't <laughs> i mean you can't i know i know it's possible but like what they're going to finish outside of the top seven and not have a top three seed in the NCAA tournament again. That seems wildly unlikely to me. No, I think it'll be better Should because be. it, it can't be worse, but I do not think it'll meet the standard that I set top four league in the country with a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. I'd bet against that. Although I, I do think, okay, what's more likely top four conference or a team with the number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Team with the number one seed in the NCAA tournament. I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. I think that's the more likely scenario. Um, so better, but not quite a top four league in the country that produces a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. What are the five biggest ACC storylines heading into this season? Norlander is going to tell us next, but first. Oh, here we go. Oh, it's a word from our partners. Yeah, it is. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Dead leg. What are yeah. the five biggest stories heading into the AC season? Run us through them. I will. One of them is what we just talked about there, which is no surprise. I figured you're going to tee me up on something similar to that. And uh, and I do have that. After oh, failing. I guess you got me all figured out now, huh? 
We finish each other's sandwiches, man. Same wavelength. You know it. Um, so that is one of the five. And the other four, I have UNC trying to rise from the ashes. Still has Armando Baycott leading the way. How is this going to go for UNC? Um, it's not going to, at least I don't think, it's not going to be a game-by-game prognosis, diagnosis situation like it was last season. However, um, even though UNC isn't projected to win the league, it is expected to be in the NCAA tournament conversation. And if that, we've already got you know comments in the chat here about how how much pressure Hubert Davis might be under from a job perspective. Um, I, you know, before I continue, you know what? We'll save that. We'll save. I'm going to save that thought until we actually get to Carolina as we do our prediction rundown. I'll just, I'll just cruise through these. Um, next one is John Shire in year two. Duke being a national title contender. Um, Shire did well in his first season. Uh, five seed played well, had some injuries, just roster stuff that affected the first, you know, part of the season last season, but overall did a good job. We've talked about that on the show. Obviously will Duke get stronger in year two. And will we see Duke, rise to the level that it was so frequently under Mike Krzyzewski. Um, Another one, things have to get better for Louisville, question mark. Cardinals, 4-28. and Kenny Payne and his job, I, I, I believe his job is going to be on the line if Louisville doesn't minimally triple its win total output. I think that is just for starters. Even 12 wins, though, might not be enough. We'll see, but everything surrounding Louisville and how how much progress we get there that even though it's a bad team, you know, there will be some rubbernecking still and seeing how much progress that can be made there. And then the other one is Jim Beheim is gone. Um, the last time trivia time, the last time Jim Beheim was not on the sidelines, uh, working a Syracuse game suspensions, not included was what year GP 1966. Ooh, but you were close. 69, 69. We had not gone to the moon the last time, <laughs> the last time Jim Beheim was not employed and he was not a head coach back then. He was an assistant. Man had not stepped foot on the moon. Incredible. So now you got Red Autry there running that program. What will Syracuse look like and will they be better in the short term? Will it be better for the long term? There were some Syracuse fans over the past couple of years who had gotten understandably angsty over the state of the program and how it was spinning its wheels. Uh, Beheim is now retired. He's still around the program, but I'm very interested to see what Syracuse is now with him no longer running the show. So those are my five big storylines for the conference this season. Okay. Um, we'll talk to North Carolina in a moment. Uh, we might not get back to Louisville. I'll just ask you a simple question. Yeah. April 1st, 2024. Gosh, why? Who's the Louisville coach? No, that's not even fair. Who knows who the Louisville coach? Will Kenny Payne be the Louisville coach? I'm gonna say yes. I will. I will say yes. I'm gonna say they 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 get enough done that he gets another he gets another season. Yeah. I'll, I'll. None of us over at CBSSports.com picked Louisville to finish higher than what? well most of us. I, I, well, <laughs> who is it? It's a. I, it's strong jaw. <laughs> yeah, this strong jaw's got Louisville. Where? Eighth in the ACC. Look at him. The See, rest of us have fourteenth or fifteenth. Yeah, I like I, I like what KB did there. Kyle Boone shouts to you because we need some some contrarianism in some of these preseason predictions because I think it's too easy to get you know sometimes it's understandable to get you know just too comfortable in uh, 
and what the collective might be thinking there. So he's got him eighth. That is aggressive. It's aggressive. <laughs> it's aggressive. If Louisville finishes eighth, Kenny Payne's not losing his job. I, I'll uh, agree with that. If Louisville yeah. finishes eighth, Kenny Payne will keep his job. I just don't think Louisville will finish eighth. If we've all got him otherwise, though, 14 or 15, in that scenario, it's very... So I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I predicted Louisville to finish near the con- bottom of the conference. Um but I don't know. It, 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 he cannot finish 14th and keep his job. That's uh, you got him finishing yeah. 14th. So do I. You cannot right, finish 14th. You know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be hypocritical. If I've got, I've got him finishing that low. That's not gonna be enough to salvage his job. So I'm gonna say no. I go back on my original answer. Yeah. And, and just, just so we're clear, like nobody wants this or wishes for this or is hoping for this or rooting for this. Like it sucks when you talk about people possibly losing their jobs. Like you know, families are involved, kids are involved. Um, you know, egos are involved. Uh, the, the direct deposits are involved. Um, it, this isn't fun, but these are the conversations you have in the sport, particularly um, at a program as historically prominent as Louisville that um, has fallen to really uh, what are unimaginable depths. Like it, it, the idea that Louisville basketball would ever be as bad as it was last season is like actually for me as somebody, I know you know this, I was raised on the Metro Conference. As somebody who was raised on the Metro Conference, who was raised on Purvis Ellison, the Bradford Smith, I'm more. it is unimaginable that oh. little p- basketball would be this bad. I'll put it this way. Francisco Garcia is rolling over in his grave right all now. All right. Um, like there's, you know, you got all these early season conference, you know, MTEs and events and special events. There's one that's still being kicked around right now for the years to come. And... And I and it's a multi-year thing, I guess. And I was told recently, like Louisville would ordinarily be like a no-brainer, and it's still under consideration for this. But with so much uncertainty about its future, like it's just not, it's it's not a top candidate to be involved in this, you know, to be named, to be formed. It hasn't it hasn't happened yet. But even the idea that you would even have to hesitate on Louisville basketball for something like that was unthinkable three years ago, right? four years ago. And now that's just the state of the program. This this program is so strong that Chris Mack left his alma mater after getting a number one seed in the NCAA tournament to be the coach there. Yeah. Yeah. Top 10 all time program. So we'll, we'll see on that. Um, Let's go. uh, Let me ask you this real quick. Last season, you made note of it. The ACC got five, schools in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. They're going to match that again, get more, get less. You're going to have to answer that in just a second. Another word? If you don't mind, I got to get one more word from our partners. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. 
from LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account. Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. I got an Instagram message from somebody. They were like, uh, GP, I hope you're getting paid for these spots on the Outcome Basketball podcast that are, uh, in, it seemed to be increasing. I'm just doing what I'm told, right? right? I get an email, do what I'm told. Five schools got in the NCAA tournament last night. Uh, last night, <laughs> that would have been wild. This is news to me. I mean, like overshadowed by Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Five schools from the ACC got into the NCAA tournament last let's, night. Let's, last- let's do the old. Uh, let's do the old A block rundown here. You had the Chiefs nineteen to eight over the Broncos. Um, Phillies knocking the Braves out of the playoffs, mm-hmm. and the ACC got five bits to the NCAA tournament. It was a wild Thursday night in sports. It was a wild Thursday night in sports. Last season, the ACC got five. Virginia, like you said, four seed. That was the highest seeded team yeah. from the ACC. Miami and Duke both got fives. Pitt and NC State both got 11s. ACC going to get less than five, more than five. Exactly five teams in the 2024 NCAA tournament. Answer that and then run us through uh, who makes it. Who makes mm-hmm. it into the big dance while unveiling how you expect the final ACC standings to look. We already know. You got Louisville 14th. I will, but first, a word from our partner. <laughs> Just kidding. Come on, right. not a one more. So uh, I almost wondered if not out of like muscle memory might do that. Um, okay. I'll say I'll say more. I'm gonna say the ACC gets six this season. Um, here's my here's my order. I'm gonna say Duke one. I'll go Virginia two. Yeah, give me some Virginia. Miami three. North Carolina four, Clemson five. Although I was tempted, I was tempted to go Clemson higher. And then I will say Wake Forest is the final team. Wake Forest goes to Dayton and it squeaks in. And Steve Forbes, and that's a little bit of a wild card pick, but let's have a little bit of fun here. I'll say Wake Forest is the sixth team. And then we'll we'll draw the line. And then I've got Virginia Tech seven, Syracuse eight, NC State nine. BC 10. I've got Florida State at 11. And I'll give some details on some of these teams in a, in a second here. Pitt 12. The Bs under Damon Sotomayor, then Louisville, then Notre Dame. So that is my, uh, I think I mentioned every team there. That's that's my order. Where do you agree? Where do you disagree? What do you got? Well, um, first, I'd like to focus on where you disagree with yourself. What did I do? <laughs> because over at CBSSports.com, You've got it. Duke, Virginia, Miami, North Carolina, Wake Forest five, Clemson six. And here on the Ion College Basketball Podcast, you have at some point between sending that email to Marcus Nelson and talking to me, you have flipped Clemson and Wake Forest. It's it's not. What what exactly happened at Clemson and or Wake Forest? I don't even I wasn't even where that happened. Is it is it? uh, I'm I'm taking all the I'll I'll take all the blame and all the fault for that. But um, I can't. Remember ever thinking I would have Wake Forest out of Clemson. So it sounds like you're finger pointing at Mark. No, absolutely not. It sounds like you're insinuating, and how dare you? I definitely have Clemson ahead of Wake Forest, but I do like Wake Forest to be a surprise team this season and uh and, and break into the NCAA tournament. Okay. So. Well then well then we agree on the top five. Um 
And, and oh, by the way, so does Jerry Palm, who has five teams uh, projected from the ACC to make the NCAA tournament, just like they did last night. Jerry's got Duke, Miami, Carolina, Clemson, and Virginia. Duke is a one, Miami as a three, Carolina as a five, Clemson as a 10, Virginia as a uh, an 11. I would also have those five schools in the NCAA tournament. And I actually agree with you. I think they'll get six, but I don't know who the sixth will be. Like on my ballot, it's Pitt. Well, then that's your pick. That's it's a preseason podcast. It's Pitt. Okay, it's Pitt then. There we go. Go Panthers. That's right. Go Panthers. I'm, I'm, we have we have massive disagreement. On well, that. here's the here's the thing. This is what I, the point I was trying to make. After the top, the, there is a consensus for the most part, um, a consensus top five, unless you let Marcus Nelson get his hands on it. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> There is a consensus top five, and then I think after that you could take it any almost anywhere you want to you want to go. Um, like like if you have Wake sixth, I have Wake eighth, and I've got Pitt sixth, and you've got Pitt twelfth. Yeah. So there's after the top five, you can start. Basically, you need to do the top five, and then you need to do Notre Dame and Louisville at the bottom, and then just fill in the fill in fill in six through twelve all. Just about a, a million different ways. Uh, I don't think the math works on that. I don't think you can get a million different combinations. But I hear what you're saying. Let me go from the bottom up. And here. I meant six through thirteen, of course. Okay, let's go bottom up, and then we'll get a little more into the teams that we uh, that we like to actually compete and, and vie for the NCAA tournament here. Um, Notre Dame is. Do we have a clean sweep them in last place on the, on the site? No. Um, Jerry Palm's got Louisville dead last, okay. um, but he's always hated Louisville. Oh, I mean, it goes back decades. decades. Uh, so Mike Shrewsbury is now at Notre Dame. First time in two plus decades. Bray isn't there. Um, there's just. There's we a, had not even been on the moon. <laughs> well, no, no. We had gone to the moon by the time Mike Bray started coaching at Notre Dame. But we ain't gone to the moon a bunch. I, I don't actually I don't think we've gone to the moon since <laughs> Bray coached at Notre Dame. I, I think that window has since passed. I, I could be wrong on that, but I don't I don't I don't think that's the case anyway. Notre Dame is, the, is my last place pick. Shrewsbury is going to need some time. I, the, that roster is barren in terms of proven Division One college basketball commodities. And then I've got Louisville. Trenton Flowers left the program there. Sky Clark via Illinois. Maybe he'll star in the backcourt. We'll see. Damon Stoudemire is at Georgia Tech now. And he got Lance Terry and Miles my, Kelly back. That's big. Because um, I think that the, they are important players to at least hopefully get Georgia tech to a place where they can have a good transition period and, and, and steal a win or two in, in the league. But I don't think Georgia tech is going to be much of a factor. We'll see. And then I do, I do have Pitt. Um, you know, the fact that he got that capable got him to the tournament last season was huge. Um, Blake Hinson is back. Federico Federico. Yes. I said it twice. Go ahead and, and, and fact check that out. Um, that's big. They lost. Jamir- I tell you, I tell you the first time you ever get Federico Federico in a shot sheet. Yeah, like the first time that ever happens to you, you you have to double check it. Okay. Uh, reason why I'm down on Pitt is it was not a good team on the defensive end last season, and I've I'm kind of wondering if it might be worse. So that's why I'm selling them to where I am. Uh, then we get to FSU. It's coming off one of its worst seasons ever. Nine win team. Um, Leonard Hamilton now 75. 
I sure would like to see him work FSU back into the top half of the conference. I think they might fall just short of that this season. But Baba Miller, Jalen Ganey, a couple of bigs who I think will have good seasons. We'll see how much playmaking they have in the backcourt. Um, I like FSU just to be, I, I'm, I'm going to trust Hamilton to at least figure it out to a certain extent and them to be above 500 this season. Um, then Boston College, and this is still the area where I don't think these teams are going to be vying for the NCAA tournament. Um, Earl Grant's now in his third season, and he didn't load up in the portal, not to say that he should have, um, but he's going to try and really build this the way that he wants to do it. And Quentin Post is uh, is an important guy. He's going to play the middle there. Um, Jaden Zachary, who's a point guard, is going to run things. They don't have an outright star. They did bring a transfer from Charleston Southern in, who I think is going to be a double-digit scorer, uh, Claude L. Harris Jr., who should be good. But this is a program that has not made the tournament since the aughts. Uh, we might have gone to the moon the last time VC made the tournament, actually. And so I'd love to see them eventually break back through. Break back through. Don't think it'll be quite this season. And then we get into the territory where I think you're talking bubble teams and teams with some hope. NC State, um, Kevin Keats, Lost to your guy took away on Smith. Obviously, uh, Jarkel Joyner is done with college, but DJ Burns, who's such a fun player to watch, he's back. He's gonna hold things down at the five. DJ Horn from Arizona State is probably gonna be a pretty big time producer there. Um, I just think that there are there are a lot of roles that need to be defined here at NC State. So I've got them on the outside looking in, and then Syracuse and Virginia Tech. So Virginia Tech is probably going to be capable of making the tournament because I think it's going to have enough offense. We'll see on the defensive end. And it's got a good trio of guards, Hunter Couture, Rodney Rice, Sean Padula. They're all back. I would expect Virginia Tech to be a top five uh, points per possession team in this league. But I've got them just on the outside looking in. Q's has Judah Mintz back. I think he'll be a top 10 sophomore in the sport. And they got J.J. Starling from Notre Dame. So at least Autry is going to have like a, a really good one, two combo in the backcourt in his first season, which I think is, is very, uh, very needed for a coach in his spot in that kind of year. Cause there, there's going to be a lot of just changes with cues overall. They did get, um, Naheem McLeod. He's a seven, four guy from Florida state. We'll see how productive he can be. I, I, I think Syracuse fans, while they'd love to get to the tournament in, in Autry's first year, I don't think that's the expectation. I think they'll be overall relatively satisfied with the direction of the program after uh, after one season, so that's the uh, that's the bottom half. GP, why don't you take us on your thoughts on the, on the teams that are going to contend in terms of like what you think about Duke, your expectations for them, Miami coming off the Final Four, Carolina. I kind kind of take it wherever you go, but uh, but I wanted to get the uh, the bottom feeders, if you will, out of the way first. Here. I have Duke um, projected to win the league, like most. I have them third in the top twenty five and one behind only Kansas and Purdue. Um, but it, you know, when the AP poll comes out and Duke is getting first place votes, I will have no interest in going and looking up who voted Duke number one and trying to mock it. Um, the, the roster is awesome. Um, it was a little bit of an up and down season in year one under John Shire, but a lot of that was injury related. A lot of that was Derek Lively took a little while to get comfortable related, but that team got good as the season progressed and was one of the, you know, by, by the time we got to the NCAA tournament, Duke was, um, you know, really, really leading several weeks leading up to that. Duke was playing like one of the best teams um, in the country. Getting Filipowski back, um, this this is something I've talked about for years. Um, 
five-star guys who are legitimate NBA prospects who have really good freshman seasons and then come back for whatever reason, they, they often have like monster seasons. The, the biggest example, like in the past, I don't know, 15 years is probably Blake Griffin. Um, you know, Blake Griffin obviously could have left after his freshman year at Oklahoma, decided to come back to school, and and he was an absolute monster, you know, pretty much from day one. I'm not necessarily predicting that for Filipowski, but I, I think he's going to be great. He was probably the best NBA prospect who decided to come back to return to college. And, um, you know, it, it, Duke will benefit from that. I, I think Duke is a legitimate uh, national championship contender, and I won't be surprised at all um, if the Blue Devils are, are cutting nets in April, uh, you know, with a second year, uh, still very young head coach. I, I've got Miami also in the top 10, finishing second in the ACC. You know, like you said, they're returning, you know, quality players from a Final Four team. Um, Laranega is one of the not only best in the ACC, he's one of the best in the country. And, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know if Miami will end up in the final four again, obviously, um, but it, it, I do believe that's a team that's good enough to go to back to back final fours. Uh, I've got North Carolina at 22nd, in the top 25 and one third in the ACC. If you want to be skeptical of them, I totally get it. They were number one in the country in the preseason last season, missed the NCAA tournament. Heard it here first, by the way. That that yeah. fact stat has not been reported or talked about anywhere else. Nobody else is media. talking about this. Um, it's two straight years um, of underwhelming regular seasons from Hubert Davis. Obviously, the first season ended with a trip to the national championship game. They're up double digits at halftime. Um, but really, since, ever, ever since halftime of the 2022 NCAA tournament, it's been a little bit of a mess. And okay. so there is... Um, Real pressure on him to to have a good season. I don't know if it's job pressure, but there is real pressure on Hubert to have a good season. And uh, for what it's worth, I think they I think they'll be good. I look at that roster, and it's hard for me to figure out why that can't be a quality basketball team. How about this? I'll put it this way: that's mm. one of the twenty five best rosters in the country. We'll see if it's one of the twenty five best teams. I've got Virginia fourth, Clemson fifth, like we said, Pitt sixth, and then after that, I think you've got a bunch of teams that are going to miss the NCAA tournament, although Wake Forest is interesting. They enroll Hunter Salas, the transfer from Gonzaga. Yes. yes. Um, they bring back three starters. Obviously, um, Steve Forbes has been dealing with a just a, a family nightmare um, this offseason for people who aren't familiar. His And I, I'm not telling secrets here. The, the Wake Forest and, and Steve have been very open about this. And uh, but his wife, Janetta, suffered a, a stroke and um, she's doing well. Like, uh, you know, I've known Janetta for a long time 15 years or so mm. and to hear about this is just um scary and heartbreaking um she's doing better um but obviously steve and his entire family have been just consumed with real life stuff at a time where um you know in theory you you could be or you'd like to be um focused strictly on basketball stuff as you get ready you know it's just like real life has intervened here um so like i'll be rooting like uh, crazy for them uh, to have a, you know, I'd like to see him have a, a nice season there, maybe get Wake to the NCAA tournament for for the first time since he's been there. And obviously, more importantly, you just hope that uh, that his wife, uh, you know, continues to Im- improve and, and get back to, to you know, the normal life she was living until this unfortunate thing just, just hit her the way 
um, you know, they, they sometimes do, you know, my, I, I only remember this cause I, I, I don't know why, like my father, my father also suffered a stroke, um, several years back. I was playing golf with you when it happened. Do you remember this? We were out in Las Vegas, I, I think. I do remember this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's scary. Like it just like you're living your normal life and then something is taken away from you. Um, and, and you, you, you can't, I know you can like cholesterol test and all this stuff, but you can't always see it coming. It just, your life changes like that. So obviously our thoughts are with the entire Forbes family and that Wake Forest program. Um, they've had a, 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 a challenging uh, off season. Uh, dipping down the standings, projected standings a little bit. Florida State's interesting to me. Not in the sense that, keep an eye on Florida State, in the sense that Leonard Hamilton is a legend. They went to four straight NCAA tournaments here recently, including three straight Sweet 16s. And Elite Eight was in there. And they've been really bad the past two seasons. Um, I think, let me see what that record is. I want to say it's like 17 and 23 in the ACC, something like that in the ACC the past two seasons. Not expected. Unless they surprise us, Florida State will miss the NCAA tournament for the third straight year. Um, We'll finish, most seem to think, in the bottom half of the ACC um, for the third consecutive year. Uh, Leonard's age is, you, you mentioned it, he's 75 years old. That's obviously an advanced age for anybody to still be working other than, you know, maybe a president of the United States or a senator, right? <laughs> maybe Leonard should run for office at this point. Hell, I'd vote for him. Let's go. I would vote. Honest Let's to God, Leonard Hamilton running for president of the United States. You wouldn't vote for him? I would. But in a, in a second, Stan Jones, vice president. <laughs> Why don't we get that? <laughs> Just give me Leonard Hamilton and Stan. Jo- give me a Leonard Hamilton, Stan Jones ticket. I'm I'll all vote in. for it today. Today. Let's today. Go. Today. I just wonder, like, um, will we ever see Leonard Hamilton compete for an ACC title again? I, thought I hope so. Say, I thought you were going to say in the Oval Office. And I was going to say, you know, <laughs> as fun as this bit is, I'm going to have to say no. I, I'm telling you, like, trial balloon, whatever you got to do. Let's float Leonard Hamilton Stan Jones ticket and see where it goes. Ah, all right, you got any other thoughts? I got a couple thoughts here. You got any other thoughts? Now, now I can only think about Leonard Hamilton as our okay, next president. Yeah, you go ahead and you you mold that fantasy. That's the only thing um, I'm thinking about for the rest of the day. We both we both got Duke at the top. Here's my thing with with Duke. I I feel like Jeremy Roach is going to be the team's best player now. Filipowski has been what? awesome. Yeah, I, I I do. I mean, senior. Why do you feel that way? What are you basing that feeling on? Because he's the he's the team leader. He's been around the longest. He was a really really good guard last season. And like, there's even been some some mentions here in the chat about Tyrese Proctor having a, a glow up season. And I think that that's very possible. But Roach is like a quintessentially awesome guard. And just to talk with Shire over the summer and and I don't know, just to hear his perspective on on this team and and his own expectations of what Roach is going to be. Um, I think I, I'll put it this way. Another little uh, tipping of my hand here. I did not vote Filipowski as a first-team All-American because I think some of his stats and production might be taken up a little bit by how much Roach is going to do. Roach average, you know, 14 points, three assists last season. I think those numbers will go up. And he's got, I mean, he's got a lot of talent around him. Duke is going to be projected to win the league for many obvious reasons. Mark Mitchell is back. Ryan Young is back. They've got a lot of good freshmen led by, you know, Sean Stewart. That's the other thing with Duke is which freshman is going to be the star? Is it going to be Sean Stewart? Is it going to be Caleb Foster? It's going to be TJ Power? It's going to be no none one really of them. knows. All the freshmen will be role players. 
you would think that's probably going to be the case, but I, I and that's why Duke's going to be Duke. awesome because all their freshmen are just going to be role players. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. And, and, and you ready for this? Here's where I agree because oh. I, I don't want it to sound like I was. Well, Jeremy Roach. Jeremy Roach is awesome. I just don't think he's going to be their best player. I think I think Cal I, I think there's a chance. I, I do. Yeah. Think okay. Like, yeah. I just didn't want that to come across like I was yeah. shitting on Jeremy Roach. I, I I think he's very very good. I just don't think he's will be the MVP at Duke. I think that'll be um, the better NBA prospect, the guy who was the better player last year. That's Filipowski. I will say this: Duke has at least three guys who could reasonably be all Americans. Correct. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And maybe, Hey, listen, maybe Roach is just solid enough. And then Proctor really breaks out in a major way. Cause Proctor's obviously a viable NBA prospect. And yeah, Filipowski was awesome last season. I think he'll be awesome again. Uh, Duke's got just such a, such a good roster. And what else is new? You know, surprise, surprise uh, news at six here that I, I can, I'll, I'll put it this way. I can see Roach Proctor flip, and Mitchell, any of them being like the guy that was responsible, like overwhelmingly more than any other for getting a big win against a big opponent. And like, and, and like Ryan Young is going to come off the bench. Ryan Young was like the MVP of this team for the first two and a half weeks last season. So there's a lot to love there. We both have Duke number one. The reason why I'm going Virginia number two is water tends to find its level with Virginia under Bennett. Uh, Reese Beekman is your sleeper pick to win ACC player of the year. Just a tremendous two-way player. He, you know, debated going pro, opted to come back. He's the senior leader. He'll play alongside Isaac McNeely, who is, in my opinion, uh, quite underrated. There's a sophomore named Ryan Dunn, who I think is going to be a big time pop this season. And then, you know, I've been told there's, you know, this freshman Leon Bond they've got who will come off a bench initially. Like he's almost in the mold of a DeAndre Hunter. And the pieces, I just think Virginia will just be Virginia again. So I'm just going to take that. Primarily, the reason why I have them over Miami is I think Virginia will prove to be deeper than Miami. Miami has an awesome starting five. They bring back Wuga Poplar, who maybe is the most trendy breakout player pick, which I dig that. Nigel Pax back, nor Chad O'Meara, Bensley Joseph, and they bring on Matt Cleveland. Mm -hmm. That team can win the ACC. And what, you know, will Miami prove to be the boss of this league after making the final four? I think that's out there, but I, I, I don't know. I almost get the sense that Larenaga might not have more than six guys. He relies on in the rotation. And if that's the, if that's the case, um, you can win that way, but any coach wants to, will tell you like my perfect ideal uh, for most will say like, I want eight, eight. I, and I don't know if Miami is going to have eight. maybe they will. I Anytime mean, anytime somebody starts talking about more than eight, it's like, that's the, you don't, it, well, I guess it's great. FAU had more than eight and it absolutely worked. FAU yeah, no, had, no, yeah, you had can work to the final four. I just so. don't think you need more than eight. You, you can, you can do it with 13, right? But yeah. I don't think it, you give me eight guys I can rely on who are healthy. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I just so I put Miami nearly uh, behind Virginia at three, and then North Carolina. Let's let's see how this is going to go. You say that's a top twenty-five roster. Elliot Cadeau is a freshman. He's young. We'll see. R.J. Davis, I love. Uh, Armando Baycott is back. Harrison Ingram now comes over. We did a whole shoot around on, on North Carolina, but Cormac Ryan he steps in. Uh, Seth Trimble's back. Jalen Washington, Paxton Wojcik's a transfer that that uh, that I think is going to be able to come in and 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 be an impact player via Brown. So they've got a lot there. I just I need to see. I I'm I'm more intrigued by North Carolina because I just want to see what the hell this is going to look like. Is it going to be a situation where 
RJ Davis has taken all the big shots late. Armando Baycott's averaging 18 and 12 and everyone's just kind of filling in elsewhere. Are we going to see like a, a real blend of a team where they've got such strong facets and the ability to beat anyone in the league? They've got the potential to do that. I just got it. I got to see it happen. So that's why I picked UNC fourth. Hubert is entering into a very intriguing season because uh, you said you don't think you don't know if there's real job pressure. There will be a real job pressure if we look up halfway through the year and UNC is outside the top five in the ACC. Not to say that it will happen. Carolina fans were already plenty vocal on this. Uh, it, it, you know, it can get pretty damn noisy if they don't uh, if they don't match expectations and expectations this season I think are truly be a top four team in the ACC if you can be in that level then I think you're uh, or you're going to be okay last thing I just want to give a little love to Clemson here because Clemson I think is capable of being that team where we where we talk about like look at the Tigers man they're third in this league I think they could be anywhere from third to eighth I think that's their their range here um, they went 14 and six in the league last season. They got close to the tournament. Remember, they, they staggered. They staggered down the stretch, and that was uh, the reason why they were uh, they were kept out. But they bring back. I mean, PJ Hall. PJ Hall might be a first team All American in the ACC, so he comes back. Chase Hunter, very good player, is back. He's a stud. They got Joe Girard from Syracuse, and they bring him in, hopefully thinking that he can be a 40% three-point shooter, give them 12 to 14 a night. And, you know, there are some other pieces around him, but uh, I do like Clemson to make the tournament with a little bit of room to spare, and I'm open to the idea that I might be even underselling them at five. Um, again, I think three is their ceiling here, and uh, if you don't know P.J. Hall by now, you've been sleeping, man. He is a really, really good player, and it's his involvement on this roster that gives Clemson, in my opinion, their NCAA tournament bona fides for 24. All right, before we get out of here, your ACC player of the year is? Okay, I'm going to go... Here my my order was Baycott, Filipowski, Jeremy Roach. So Baycott's my pick, and then the two Dukies right behind him. I think Baycott is going to be dominant. I think he's going to have just he's already you know he's 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 on his way if not already achieved some Carolina program records. So I went Baycott uh, narrowly over Kyle Filipowski and Jeremy Roach. What about you? I've got Baycott second. Um, I went Filipowski as my ACC Player of the Year, and then uh, for freshman, I went. Elliot Cadeau, freshman of the year. Who you got there? I went Sean Stewart from Duke. Uh, tough scene for people in the chat that may or may not be serious talking about how much I hate Duke. I've got Sean Stewart one and TJ Power two. I think that... Uh, and then Kerry Booth, I think, might just get enough minutes and stats that he just is under consideration. But it's going to be... I didn't put Cadeau on there because I think he's good. I think he's talented. I uh, just want to see how much of an impact he has on that roster with so many veterans around him. So I just went, I went with Stewart um, and it's, it's not exactly a shot in the dark. I just think he might have the best chance at being a productive college player on top of his natural talent there. Uh, but you may well be right in terms of the freshmen being role players. Sometimes it, it tends to be a freshman that really pops and stands out there. But I went with uh, I went with Stewart. I think I think a, a Tar Heel win Player of the Year, and I think a, a Dukey, a Blue Devil, win Freshman of the Year. And then if we're doing preseason Coach of the Year, um, I'll just go with the guy I think is going to win the league, and that would be John Shire. He's got the best roster. He should have the best team. If he has the best team, and it's a roster he built, he should be the Coach of the Year. I got one last one before we get out of here because I know you got to go. I've also been trying to pick 
transfer of the year. And I'll, I'll, I, I I'll, thought about this because because I'm glad you brought this. We're still doing freshman of the year. I see some other people are now starting to do just like newcomer of the year to to involve, uh, fra- uh, you know, transfers. You don't you disagree with that approach? I just like I, I like the idea. Maybe we should do this moving forward. I like freshman player and then transfer. Transfers are so like it's to me. It's a notable thing. Like, who do you think is going to be the most impactful transfer? My pick on this. I actually I'm going to ride with Harrison Ingram at, at Carolina. I, I think that he will be the guy that is the best new face in a new place this season. So he is my pick. And the, the ACC is actually loaded with tons. I mean, there are so many nominees and potential guys that are there. But I will say that w- w- one reason why UNC is going to be a, a comfortable single-digit seed in the tournament is Ingram comes in, tops, and is a, is a wonderful Robin to Baycott's Batman. All right. I think that's a podcast, Deadleg. Pod- I think that's a podcast. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Huck, Barnell, thank you guys once again for listening, watching Ion College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. Five stars. Leave a nice review. There's more of us than there are of them. That should be reflected. More of us than there are of them. That's got to be in the comments. So please do that. We'll talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care. Original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.